This is Margaret Clipman Frankwitz with another episode of Diabetic Survival. You know, I've been podcasting for over a year now, and I I used to be really good at this. I could just whip it out, it was done. Now it's like I have to uh, record that I don't like what I something I said in my podcast, so I'll delete it and I'll start over again, and I waste a lot of time with it, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so anyways, here I am again. So good to, good to actually um, be able to talk to you again. And um, for those of you just tuning in, I try to um, um, absorb myself into the world of diabetics um, and try to bring you what may be new to you, what may help you, because... Um, being a diabetic's hard. A lot of people, they just don't know what to do. They ask all kinds of weird advice. And so I remember how hard it was, uh, back when I found out I had diabetes and I had no support network whatsoever. I had a doctor who said, he just looked at me and said, no sugar. And, um, while that was an easy one, cause I wasn't doing sugar at the time, it, it occurred to me, I had to go past my thinking, what actually is causing my diabetes, I realized that I had to start looking at the types of food that I was eating and what was converting into sugar. And it was just kind of like one of those aha moments. And so even though I've been pre-diabetic since, uh, my, gee whiz, probably, um, I was diagnosed as pre-diabetic about 11 years ago. Um, it has only been in the past couple of years that I had the aha moment because I had constantly struggled with diabetes and not doing enough research at the time, even though I was researching every day, I had to actually find, I had to find something that actually worked and I found it. Now I just got to get everybody to listen because, um, I'm telling you, I've been there. I've had the, the moment where I finally saw the light. I've had family members die from diabetes. So of course this has been a passion of mine. I don't want to see anybody die from diabetes. And you know, there can be some pretty cold hearted people that'll be like, Oh, you have diabetes. Okay. You're going to die. Um, yes, those people actually do exist. Um, I would call them highly misinformed because, uh, yeah, um, while you will die if you have diabetes, uh, there are steps you can take to where it's just not going to affect your life. So, um, that's the reason why I'm here. And that's the reason why I have my podcast is because you don't need to suffer from diabetes. I'm just going to straight up tell you that. And a special message for type one diabetics. I would strongly recommend uh, reading Dr. Bernstein. And Dr. Bernstein was a type 1 diabetic, and he brought the keto diet to the forefront. So, um, it's not a new diet, but it was actually used a long time ago to actually help those with epilepsy. And for whatever reason, um, those same miraculous results that helped those epileptics many moons ago is also applicable to diabetics. Okay, so let me get started on some interesting topics. <laughs> the first one is my second love, and that would be keto. I'm sorry, keto's my first love. My second love would be um, the altcoins. 
And for those of you who are not familiar with these coins, these coins, like I'm telling you, they're going to take over the world. And we will be buying and selling with them and we're going to be happy doing it. And um, they're going to come in a way that is really just going to make you happy. So, um, you know, everybody is familiar with the dollar bill and how kind of boring it is. It's like, okay, dollar bill. So anyways, um, hence the Bitcoins. And so you have the Bitcoins and you have altcoins and you have Ethereum and you have um, uh, Dogecoin and you have Shiba Inu and now you have some Floki coins out there. It's just a lot of uh, fun. (laughs) It's just a lot of fun. And some of them were actually created as kind of like a joke. Um, but are actually now starting to be taken seriously. And with the fact that there are retailers like AMC actually promoting these coins, AMC, the uh, theater network known all over the world, um, I believe what's going to happen is you're going to see Walmart trading with these, you're going to see Amazon trading with these, um, you're going to see all kinds of people actually using this as type of currency. So this is really good news. So if you're a little bit freaked out, I know I was when I first actually went into the world of Bitcoin. I'm like, oh, wow, I don't want to do this, but they're offering me money. So I kind of can't say no because I like money, even if it's play money. I want to check it out. Okay, (laughs) so that's how I treated it, actually, when I first was introduced to it, because uh, I was using Coinbase. I had this this program and it. It was kind of interesting, okay, because I started off... uh, with a game and uh, of course this is like a gaming token and uh, they were offering me little bits of Bitcoin if I played this game I thought that was pretty cool I just had to open up a wallet and actually have a way to deposit and I think it was like <laughs> like 0.05 for playing all day which is you know a couple of cents it's like I don't know a quarter in the Bitcoin world um, which doesn't sound like a lot, right? It's like, why would you waste all day playing a game for a quarter, right? Or five cents or whatever it was. Uh, well, Bitcoin is notorious for growing. I mean, I think when I started um, the gaming this summer, it was like at 40 or 50,000. And now Bitcoin's worth like, I saw it's high at like 66,000 for one Bitcoin. I mean, this is like ridiculous. So that's on the high end but on the very very low end is a shiba inu which just about anybody can buy into i mean you put a dollar in there you might have like a hundred thousand shares of this shiba inu um the reason why it's good to get in on the ground level with a shiba inu is because you could be one day a millionaire i mean it might take 20 years but still uh, think about your nest egg and your retirement, what you're going to do. So, I mean, you know what? A dollar today might be a million dollars, you know, in 20 years. I'm just saying. So, hopefully you take advantage of that. Um, uh, I, I actually would suggest Coinbase because Coinbase actually does give you little lessons about the different tokens and what's available out there, how to use it, and what it does. Because that's basically what um, what you're funding is you're funding um, to um, put this out on the market. And there's new coins coming out all the time. And I think they're at around you know either 1,600 or 2,000 uh, from the last that I've actually heard. 
You don't need to invest in all of them. Just pick your favorites and then go from there. So uh, invest a couple of dollars and see where it goes. I mean, the worst case scenario, Coinbase is actually offering free tokens. So if, if the only thing you do is go on Coinbase, take their little lessons, and make like, you know, 40, put $40 in your account or something like that, then you're already ahead. Then you can just take it, sit on it, and see what it does. So like, let's say you just don't believe in it, just put it in there and see what, what happens. Just check it once in a while. Now, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Shiba Inu. This is one of the coins that are a lot of people's favorites, next to Bitcoin and next to Dogecoin. Shiba Inu is, they have this amazing, amazing following that people are just like, let's push it to the moon. And you know what? There's a good chance they might actually go to me. And yes, I am a follower too. I'm always checking up on my Shiba Inu like every day to see what's going on. But it's kind of like uh, what Warren Buffett said. Um, watching the stock market is kind of like grass growing. And you can kind of treat Bitcoin the same as the stock market because you know what? There might be a great period of time when there's no action whatsoever. It's just dead. <laughs> so um, lately though, uh, Shiba Inu has been kind of like up and down and all over the place. Kind of hard to predict. The funniest thing is all these alleged experts that just kind of just like popped out of the woodworks. Now... You know, when the stock market's crashing, these people are silent. They don't say a word. They're not saying nothing. They're not giving you any help whatsoever. Everybody's like, oh, the sky is falling. And the sky really is. They've already hit the decks. They know. So, um, but if they're screaming and shouting right now, it's because, hey, you know what? And this is something that anybody can obviously just get in on the ground floor. Um, As long as you can open up a Coinbase account, you can have these tokens. So, there you go. All right, I've, I think I've bragged on Bitcoin enough. If you want to know more, go to Coinbase. All right, that being said. Now let me talk about the news. Uh, um, <laughs> the marketplace. Uh, this is kind of interesting. If you're in America, I mean, your health insurance is kind of like, you know, you can go private and, you know, it's like, okay, your health insurance is 200 bucks. Eh, not bad, a little bit higher than I would have hoped for, but... You know, I can, I can understand with inflation stuff, why it'd be $200 a month. Okay, all right. You know, 20 years ago, I was paying like 140 right? So that's just to tell you that, you know, inflation sounds about right, you know. Um, until you get on the marketplace. So yeah, what I quoted you was private insurance. Like, they quoted me like $208. So I decided to see if I can get anything cheaper or maybe a better plan or see what, what's out there. So... I actually took it to the the marketplace.gov to see what was available to me. And um, I I, I liked what I saw. I just didn't like what I heard. (laughs) Okay, let me explain. So I can actually go to the marketplace and as long as you make under $54,000, you can get low cost health insurance. Okay, cool. Right? I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome, you know? I think mine came to, uh, for 2022, I'm going to pay, be paying $0. So, so I'm not going to give you how much my income is because I don't even know my income right now. So I couldn't even tell you. But it was $0 from what I had told the lady. And I even re-verified with another agent over the phone. 
all night, as a matter of fact, to make sure it was the price what they said, which is zero dollars. Um, so I was thinking, well, you know, I haven't had insurance, I mean, for most of this year. I mean, it's been kind of spotty with my insurance, so maybe I should get insurance to follow up the rest of the year. And so I'm like, well, how much is my insurance going to be for 2021? And so they give me a quote of $109. Okay, not bad. Like, wow, that's actually cheaper than what my my last employer was offering me. I was paying $141.60, but that also included vision and dental, okay? So um, I don't think that uh, health insurance is, is very expensive. I think that we get pretty good reductions compared to, for instance, what we paid 20 years ago. Um, but, you know, it's kind of interesting. So, and I don't know, you may be quoted more or less. But see, what really freaked me out is I actually go through um, a broker through Stride. And Stride could not get me verified through Experian to actually get my insurance through their, their brokerage, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, that's actually how I started. And I was a little bit shocked and mystified that I couldn't get my broker to actually help me out with this. So, I mean, they were doing their best. Everybody was talking, you know, just customer service reps, good ones, really explain everything very thorough. They kind of let you make your own decision if you're going to accept something or not. So, um, like I said, those are the good ones. So, one of the problems that I've noticed about the marketplace is, you know, they're, I mean, what they're offering is a great package. I mean, like for instance, for my, uh, to Catapult 2022, I'm looking at zero per month. So, yeah, I make that little, but, you know, um, that's just the way life is. So I'm making zero per month and I mean, I'm, I'm paying zero per month, but in order to actually qualify for that, I have to jump through a bunch of hoops and a lot of it consists of, they were being a little bit ridiculous because they want uh, income proof, but it gets a little bit complicated because um, if I cannot provide the type of documents that they need, this is how they punish you on zero per month too, by the way. If you, if you, for instance, even though it was an estimate that you gave them, if you report inaccurately and if they get a wild hair up there, you know what, they can actually deny you. So they not only deny you, but they're going to charge you back uh, for your health care. So why that matters. If they say that their marketplace health care is worth a thousand which I have seen on the marketplace. Um, you know, it ranges, I, I think the cheapest insurance at the time before I actually um, called on my credits and some of that nature, it was between $1,200, $800 and $1,200. Uh, absolutely outrageous. I have no intentions upon taking uh, a second job just to pay for my health insurance. Um, and yeah, I'm a diabetic. So there you go. There's that. And I have high blood pressure. Um, off and on high blood pressure. It's kind of weird. Anyways, um, I'm probably just allergic to something, but you know, I need to see an allergist. Um, anyways, so it can be anywhere between $800 and $1,200 for me. That's a lot of money. And, um, I'm worried about chargebacks because, you know, when you work as an independent contractor, um, 
they are expecting me to itemize every single expense that I have for my business. And unfortunately, I didn't start at the beginning of the year with my business. Um, uh, itemizing deductions, you know, it was just something, you know, I was doing part-time and, uh, didn't think a lot about it because, you know, independent contractors like, okay, you make X amount of money. It's not really usually very much and support your income, pay your taxes on it. And you make a couple thousand dollars for the year. Big deal, right? Well, um, this, my, my business, I started working really kind of catapulted into something where it started off part-time and now it's like a full-time gig for me. That's the problem. Um, just started tracking expenses a couple weeks ago. This is bad. This is horrible because when it comes to the marketplace, you know, they're looking for any reason they can to deny you insurance coverage. Like seriously. It's not the, the customer service reps either doing it. It's the government. I mean, it, I don't even want to call it the healthcare marketplace. I want to call it the IRS, new and improved. So um, I would rather deal with the IRS I have in the past. And they are, <laughs> I talked to some of the nicest, sweetest people at the IRS, you know, a decade ago, over a decade ago. And now they've become a bunch of gremlins at the, <laughs> for the healthcare marketplace. It's almost like we have two IRSs. We have one for the healthcare marketplace and we have one at the IRS, but uh, IRS is easier to deal with. So um, the reason why I say that too, and I got to backtrack a little bit here, is because I was told that if I was not 100% accurate on my information, that they would charge me back. I certainly do not need a bill in February that reflects me having insurance for one month and now I owe like a thousand something to the healthcare marketplace because I decided to get insurance. Um, now the way that they get you is, is, is they say, be as truthful as you possibly can. So you're estimating this stuff and you're thinking, well, I made this much this month, but this is the first month I actually made this much. This is what I was hoping for, anticipating, like, you know, way back in January. <laughs> so, this is what I think I'm earning. This is what I think my take-home pay is. And this is how much I, I pay in expenses. So, very confusing. In the end, you're going to have to make up your own decisions, um, what you do in the marketplace. But, honestly, I can get private insurance, right, through, you know, the actual marketplace, not this, you know, Obama place marketplace. And that's only, private insurance is only like $200, $208 a month. So I'm thinking, and I don't have any tax impl implications on that. And I can still use that as a write-off. So I'm here thinking, why do I want to go through Obamacare or Biden care, whatever you want to call it, when I can actually just go to the marketplace and actually buy some reasonable insurance that covers everything. So, um, you know, we all have to make their determinations off that. And I don't know if those brokers uh, are partnered with the marketplace or not. I mean, I don't know the background. I wish I did know. And obviously, I'm very naive to health insurance because there's a lot to learn there. And, um, Whenever you're gambling with your, your money, and I do call that gambling, you never know what's going to happen and how they're going to bite you in the butt in the end. 
So if you've had some weird experiences with the health marketplace, please message me and let me know what is going on with you because I don't know if I'm being paranoid or if they're just trying to make me paranoid, but considering I was on the phone with them off and on from 3 o'clock yesterday until almost 6 o'clock in the morning the next day, just trying to figure out and, and figure out all the loopholes of health insurance and ask all my questions and try to get a reasonable idea of what I was signing my 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 soul up for, um, I had decided that this was absolutely not what I wanted to do. I absolutely did not want to sign up for the marketplace because um, they expect me at the end of January. I have to have all my forms, you know, exactly everything that I have made for 2020. You know, mind you, I have to know that for the IRS, but the IRS gives you till April 15th, right? Sometimes they extend that deadline. Um, but I have to know everything, have all my books perfect by February 6th, even though I don't get all my information till January 30th, and that's if they send it to the right address, because they have been known, employers have been known to send them to the wrong addresses before. Hence, Labor Ready, who never sent me a statement, even though I requested one a long time ago. So, um, this is the challenge. Do I take a chance? Ah, no. I'm not gambling with my money. I'm not going to say I'm covered for health insurance and then owe like $1,200 at the end of February. Or maybe more, maybe $2,400. Just because I chose Obamacare. So they really, and I let them know this, that they really screwed up health insurance for everyone. Because now everybody's going to be, anybody with a business is going to be second guessing this. They're going to be scratching their head going, well, I don't want that. I mean, what if something, what if I'm off by a couple of dollars and you decide to deny me? I'm putting my life in your hands and you're telling me that I'm going to owe you 10 times the amount of what health care was? Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not gambling with my health. So that's one of the reasons why I'm not choosing it. I, I will go with a private insurer. So I, I actually found one. I was calling around. I was getting different quotes and prices. Some as high as... Now, I didn't realize it wasn't that bad on, on the private mar- marketplace. So when they quoted me like $400 or something like that, I'm like, wow, that's outrageous. And when I went to the marketplace and it was like double that, I'm like, oh, oh. Well, according to them, they were offering me a deal. (laughs) And it's still like a tax write-off anyway. So, I mean, you know, when you do your taxes, um, they give you uh, so much that you can deduct from your medical care, and then you get get that money back. So then you can go through the IRS and do it the appropriate way. I'm just saying, Big Brother is more invasive than the IRS is. So... You know what? Hand clap to the IRS and you're not so bad. And actually, the bracket's low enough anyways, and a lot of individuals aren't going to have to pay taxes at all, which is kind of cool. So, um, of course, I don't wish that on anybody. Another problem with that is, is people may stop making as much money thinking, well, I'm going to have all these tax implications if I actually make more money and what a horrible way to think in my opinion I don't think that anybody should be stifled like for instance if you apply for social security disability 
Um, and I have in the past. Uh, as a matter of fact, this year I did. I had decided I wasn't going to do social security disability. And the reason being is because they were trying to limit the amount that I was actually making every month. So instead of making several thousand dollars, I could only make less than a thousand. And I was talking to the lawyer and I was kind of like cringing a little bit because it's like, well, what that means I'm going to have to give something up. And we're talking about uh, necessities that you need, you know, like housing, transportation, uh, you know, stuff of that nature, healthcare. <laughs> so you, you know, have to cut your expenses like healthcare. And I finally had to call the lawyer and say, you guys are on crack. You know, I'm just going to tell you, you guys are on crack. This is not logical. The only um, people that Social Security Disability works for are people who are invalids, people who are in the hospital, people who have their food taken care of, the roof over their head, their transportation if they need it. That's the only people that uh, Social Security Disability works for. Maybe, you know, that's maybe what it's intended for, right? Not somebody who just has diabetes and is struggling with life. So, um, or somebody who has high blood pressure and a mixture of these two because it makes it very hard when you have uh, diabetes and you have blood pressure issues because there are things you need as a, as a diabetic or things you don't need. And uh, like when you have high blood pressure, there are things that, you know, are contradictory towards diabetes. So, I mean, it's just kind of a catch-22. You just do the best you can. So, sometimes you find yourself in one of those... I'm, I'm trying to keep this PG. I, I, I have some pretty colorful language I can use. I guess I'm not going to use it because, you know, there might be children listening. But, um, you kind of find yourself in this, this predicament where... You're going, okay, so should I claim disability or not? Do I want to have money or no? Do I want to have things or do I not want to have things? Am I really that sick? Well, you know what? I've already dedicated myself to working until the day I die. I will always work until the day I die. And I'm just going to have to accept that. And I'm okay with that. I personally think that Social Security disability is a scam. (laughs) I mean, I'm... Glad it's there for the, the um, people who literally are hospitalized and are on life support or something of that nature. But if you're still a functioning adult, it is absolutely the worst prison ever to be limited by your funds. And I don't think anybody should be. We live in a we live in the United States, and at least at one point in time, I guess not now. The sky used to be the limit. You could make as much as you possibly could. You could have whatever you wanted. Within reason, of course. And you could try to at least achieve to become that great person that you've always wanted to be. And it's inspiring. It's powerful. It's amazing. It's something I have not achieved yet. But if I ever do, I'm going to be aesthetically happy. But I'm going to also tell you that money isn't everything and you can be happy no matter what type of life that you have. So, um, I have never appreciated the IRS more than I appreciate them now. Um, just because there are a lot of deductions you can actually do in business. I, I like my itemized reports and technically speaking, I shouldn't even have to, uh, do itemized reports for the marketplace because... I could just tell them, uh, 
standard deduction, whatever the rules are. So um, that's another thing is they're expecting me to predict what the IRS is going to do, even though, and this is something you need to know too, uh, the IRS rules are not the same every year. They change. So what the marketplace is asking me to do for February by providing all my information and all my deductions and stuff may not even be applicable to the IRS. So there's always that. And uh, discussions with, with the customer service rep who sort of understood this, she's like, I know, that's why you give your best estimate. So I'm just not setting myself up for failure by signing up for Marketplace, which may end up screwing me in the end. Just not going to do it. And if that makes me paranoid, then I guess I'm paranoid. But I've been through enough trauma in my lifetime to know that, yes, indeed, that can happen. Okay, so back to uh, Dr. Alman Hill. So, um, of course, he had, um, I, I was fortunate enough to catch his live broadcast last night. And, of course, he ended it around 12 o'clock last night. Um, so I was obviously on and off with the marketplace. I wasted a lot of time, but it was due to other things as well because, you know, hey, got a life, got to live it. And um, I was trying to remember all of the different conversations he was having because he was having conversations with 750 people at one point in time. I think that's how many he said he actually had online at one time. And, of course, some people, they were getting dropped. I didn't get dropped the whole time I was on there, though. I was really impressed. But, um, there was a couple, and of course, I, I really, it really piques my interest when people start talking about diabetics, or diabetes, I should say. And, um, I guess one mother said, my son's overweight and he's a pre-diabetic. You know, he's in his teens. And what can I do about it? And, um, the doctor had quipped, well, he's got to lose weight. I mean, you know, it's, it's true. And she had quipped that um, he has been losing weight, but his diabetes is under control. And so the doctor said, well, he's just going to have to try harder. Got to do it. That's a hard one. <laughs> so it's like you're telling your teenage boy that he's got to do better. And it's really hard for teenagers, by the way, because... You know, uh, most teens, they automatically have a sweet tooth. And the the weight concern is actually something where your body is actually fighting this stuff off. And so it's kind of a reaction to something going wrong in your body. So what came first is kind of like the chicken and the egg. What came first, the weight or the diabetes? Um, he wasn't necessarily suggesting a diet for this kid to get on. So I, that's when I quipped in with the whole keto thing. And Dr. Mandel's like, no, no, there's problems with keto because there's too much saturated fat in keto. And I was just like, what? What? <laughs> we have all these healthy oils like coconut oil, almond, almond uh, nuts, and olive oil, and avocados, and all kinds of good stuff we're eating and we're not necessarily eating all just meats we're not atkins we're eating vegetables and stuff too i eat a lot of green beans you know with my chicken and stuff and with every everything because because i just don't think you can go wrong with green beans and so i was just like in a little bit of shock like uh wow okay but he's kind of like a um he's like a general practitioner Type doctor, so he deals with a lot of different subjects and knows a lot about 
knows a little bit about a lot of different subjects, in other words. So, um, and, you know, I think that he's, he's an amazing doctor, though, because he's always, always trying to help out everybody. And, you know, of course, he gets straight to it, what type of advice, you know, to get you on the right path. But, um, of course, like with anything, you got to take it with a grain of salt. So, yes, the teenager does probably need to lose some weight. Um, You can drop as little some people I should say can drop as little as 5-10% of their body weight and actually uh, put their diabetes into remission you'll always have diabetes so diabetes is who you are so you can't go out and eat a cake tomorrow or maybe even a piece of cake you might it might set your blood sugar off just a little bit so um, that's why your blood meter your glucose meter is probably going to be your best indicator of what you can and can't eat But I think what just absolutely floored me, I'm like, obviously he didn't see that episode on YouTube about bananas because he was talking about bananas being a wonderful fruit. Um, they, bananas do have a lot of important, um, nutrients in them like potassium and stuff like that, but it's not a great food. I wish I could eat a banana. He, he showed a frozen banana. And I still remember the episode where I found out um, through, through Mr. Pollock that a banana actually will raise your blood sugar quicker than a Hershey's candy bar. <laughs> so um, a little bit wonky there. What we thought the rules were weren't necessarily correct. And so in a way, he kind of falls in line with the doctors who just don't know. So... This is kind of like saying, um, a mechanic, for instance, a mechanic who can and only changes oil filters and he's really good at his job, can change oil filters really well, but then he has to work on your transmission, but he's an auto mechanic, but he's never touched a transmission before in his life. So he doesn't know. And, um, I'm not by any means saying that I'm perfect or anything, but when you've already built the transmission and you've, you've, you've de-gutted the transmission so you know what makes it work, you know the types of fluids you need in it, you know that there's springs and there's certain holes that, that are there and stuff of that nature, then um, you have a better clue, understanding of what's going on in the inside. And so when you listen to Dr. Mandel, which, by the way, I highly respect, okay, because he has some great advice too, um... But when, when he says the very, very basic things about diabetes, it almost reminds me of kind of like the cave age, the caveman, uh, trying to tell you how to cook on a campfire as compared to cooking on a stove. So um, there's just other things that you can do. So such as recognizing that uh, your body can't tell the difference between a banana and a chocolate Hershey's candy bar and uh, knowing that a banana will raise your, your blood sugar quicker or any type of fruit will raise your blood sugar quicker than it. some actual sugar will is, is detrimental. They're both bad, by the way. It's just some are worse than others. And just because it comes from nature does not mean it's good. It's good for a normal person with a normal blood sugar, but somebody whose blood sugar is completely out of whack, it's not necessarily good for it. 
Dr. Alan Mendel, you're an amazing doctor. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to diabetes, there are people who are on YouTube who are very, very top dog on the subject, who know their material. Um, people like uh, Dennis Pollock, who doesn't happen to be a doctor, but he's been a diabetic for 18 plus years now. He's tested his, he's rigorously tested his blood sugar. Dr. Bernstein, he knows what you do need to eat and what will be detrimental to your blood sugar. There's one universal rule about diabetes and we're all pretty much the same. We're affected pretty much the same. So you can test, you can watch somebody test your blood sugar and know that your blood sugar is going to probably react the same way, somewhere near it. So you might not have the same numbers, but um, it's gonna definitely make you react. So um, there's some universal truths when it comes to diabetics. That's why I listen to diabetics because they know. Or people who um, just seem to be aware of the cellular level of what's going on, like Thomas Delure. He's, I never really thought of him as somebody, like a microbiologist or anything, but he really kinda is. Um, because he goes down to the cellular level, cellular level when it comes to um, how the cells operate. And so he kind of knows how they function, especially when your cells start to get sluggish. I mean, he's like a genius when it comes to it. So I, I don't know if Thomas Delore is a diabetic himself, but I mean, he's, he's like point on. He knows, like, I don't think his body would ever respond to diabetes just because he's on top of that. Um, and then there's some other amazing people like Dr. Fung and, uh, of course, I mentioned Dr. Bernstein. Um, and then Dr. Eckberg. Dr. Eckberg will go on a cellular level and explain diabetes, especially uh, very, I should say, um, extraordinarily amazing work by Dr. Eckberg and his, his studies on the keto diet. So that's why I'm kind of shocked when... Um, you know, Dr. Mendel, he didn't really know much about keto. So, I mean, he's like, he just thinks that, you know, you take in a lot of saturated fat and it's not good for you. Well, of course, saturated fat's not good for you, but this is the reason why you eat the good fats, not the bad fats. And see, I'm not perfect either. I try to get uh, grass-fed uh, chicken and, you know, like natural free-range chicken. And sometimes it gets expensive, like with the eggs and stuff. So. Then I get commercial eggs. I'm not proud of myself to admit that, but I do. I get commercial grade eggs. When it comes to the types of meat that I eat, I try to get the organic and the pasture raised and stuff of that nature, the, the clean, pure meat. So that way I can, you know, take control over what's coming into my body. But I think in order to really get the big picture here, you need to immerse yourself with the type of doctors that I've mentioned that are on YouTube. I give you that as, um, I mean, some of these doctors are, are, are amazing. I think what catapulted my extraordinary love for diabetics is Dr. Sarah Hallberg, and she was on a TED Talks years ago and I think she absolutely changed the way I saw my diabetes. And I thank her so much for that in that TED Talk. 
because she knew so much about what was going on. And um, because they say that nine out of 10 diabetics are, are overweight, that's the reason why they've pinpointed it. It's like, okay, you need to reduce your weight and then you'll reduce your diabetes. And for the most part, it does work, but it is a constant fight, it's a constant battle because the weight's gonna come back. It's just your body's way of regulating. Your body thinks that starving itself, weight's gonna come back and unless you're like aggressively on top of it and exercising like Adele or something. But um, generally speaking, they said the way she exercises isn't healthy, but she looks great, mind you. So um, hope that her voice and everything is perfectly fine because I know she's concerned about that too. Um, But it does require a little bit of checking out on YouTube and being very aggressive towards if not uh, eliminating your diabetes, because you can't eliminate it once you go that route, you can at least, um, I mean, I don't want to call it becoming friends with your diabetes, but you're kind of like, you are. It's kind of like you're taming your own body. Um, You're telling your body you're in control. You are in control over your body and how your body reacts to what you put in it. And besides, the way that food service workers are treating people anyways nowadays, I, you know what, if you eat at home and you make your own food and uh, you know what's going into your body and stuff of that nature, you're just going to be happy, y'all. happier anyways because those food service workers, they're kind of jerks anyways sometimes, and not all of them, but um, sometimes they do some things that just are just not compatible to, you know, good customer service, I would have to say. All right. Well, anyways, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. I've said what I needed to say. I hope that you got something out of this. If, if you're on the marketplace and you're having any issues, please let me know. And congratulations. Because I think it's an awesome deal if you're not paranoid like I am that you're going to get a charge back um, because they said something that you disagree with or whatever with your taxes or whatever um this has been Margaret Coma Fragrance thank you so much for listening I'll try to have like a reply like a question thing that you can actually say whatever you need to say in the chat um so you can you can find that on Spotify on your listening device if you want to go ahead and say something I haven't really gotten too many comments so I not quite sure if it's working so if somebody could test that out for me that'd be great and uh thank you again for listening till next time we should be kind to each other i know it's a harsh world right now it's really hard to be kind to one another just be kind um i just speaking of being kind i just got a christmas card early from one of my neighbors who i gotta go out and like spoil now so because i think that's so awesome to be like that um <laughs> be kind to each other be good Um, don't break the law, live a good life, until next time, you have a great day.